Hello everybody, welcome back to People in Politics. Um, my name is Jay Bauman. It is a pleasure uh, to be back with you as always. In today's episode, we are going to um, talk about something that has been on my mind for quite some time, and that is the need, I think, for the political parties to move towards the center. And I know I talked about this a little bit previously in my 2020 year in review, and I wanted to expand upon that in more detail because I think it's worth exploring. Um, But before I get into why I think this needs to happen and how we get there and why I think political extremism is bad, I think uh, a history lesson is required. How did we become so divided in terms of the candidates uh, that seek office having such an extreme view, whether that be an extreme conservative view or an extreme liberal view? Well, let's take a little bit of a step back in time to the year of 1964. Most people uh, who are alive today, that's before their time. So I think it's worth saying that the candidates running for president that year were Lyndon Johnson and Barry Goldwater. And it's my belief that in those two candidates, we had Lyndon Johnson, who is an extreme liberal, extreme liberal, probably the most liberal person to ever get the Democratic Party nomination uh, as the candidate for president. Um, And then on the other side, we have Barry Goldwater, who is to this day still probably the most conservative person to have ever identified with the Republican Party, with the possible exception of Joseph McCarthy. I think it's a very close tie between those two. And I think um, as it relates to 1964 um, and the election generally, we saw throughout the primary in that year how polarized the policy stances became um, and how well in the primaries at least that worked very very well for Goldwater and that worked very very well for Johnson they both won handy majorities and secured the nomination uh, quite quickly And uh, Johnson, as was expected, um, moderated his views toward the center in that election and and won very heavily. As soon as he got the nomination, he um, narrowed the gap, so to speak. Goldwater never did. He continued to run an extremely conservative campaign uh, and got destroyed 
in the general election of 1964. And I think uh, that is how we got here today. Because as you can see through time, the candidates who ran became more and more polarized going forward to the election of uh, 68. Nixon, very, very conservative man. Humphrey, very, very liberal man. 73, Nixon, or 72, Nixon, McGovern. They're very, very liberal and conservative men. Again, 70, 76, Ford Carter. Again, two men who are completely the opposite. Um, and, it, and it went on and on and on, but over time, the gap got wider. And I think uh, it's probably the widest it's ever been. Okay, uh, history, history lesson over. Sorry, that was a little long, but I love political history, and I can talk about it all day. Um, now I'm going to tell you why I think it's bad. Um, that being political extremism, and it's bad for both parties. And I think it's bad because, for two reasons. One, I feel it excludes the majority of the population from being accurately represented. Because if you have two parties who are on the extreme end, um, let, let's say that about 5% out of each party who are adequately representative. That's 90% of the entire electorate who, whose views are not accurately portrayed in their elected representatives, whether that be senators, uh, congressmen in the House representative, the president, or any other number of elected officials, governor, mayor, Secretary of State. So it's very bad to exclude 95% of the electric, up to 95% of the electric, to pander to the 5% of hardliners because the 95 is always going to be bigger and more powerful uh, and have a stronger stake in the game than the 5% as vocal as they may be. Um, secondly, I, that's the first reason. Secondly, I think it is um, bad because it makes politics far too adversarial. Uh, what I mean by that is, in this country, it's very difficult to make lasting political change, to pass a law, for instance. I'm not going to go in the process, but I think uh, most people realize that it's difficult and takes a lot of work, both individually and collectively, 
um, to get things done. Now, the way our system works is in order to have an effective government, it's supposed to be a collaborative effort um, between the two political branches of government. Um, and it's the judiciary is supposed to be off to the side. They have the whistle. They're the referee. So they're supposed to stay out of the fray. Uh, and, you know, when we have two um, parties that are so apart from each other in terms of what they view as even the right and the moral and the patriotic thing to do, um, there's not a lot of room for collaboration without having to pay a steady political price for that. And neither party, let's face it, neither party wants to do that. So they pander to the 5% each. So we have 10% of the electorate that's represented adequately. Um, and the other 90% is sort of left go in the middle going what the hell happened uh, to me. I thought I mattered too. And that's just, that's just bad. That really is just bad when you have 95% of the people, roughly, um, that don't feel representative. And there was, there was a poll some time ago that said herpes, the disease, had a higher approval rating and rate of being effective and appreciated than the Congress of the United States. And that's just bad and sad and, and really, really laughable when you have two parties that are so far apart and so at each other's throats when an STD, of all things, has a higher approval and effectiveness rating than the, the people we choose to send here uh, to do our business. And that is, that's just sad. Now, we've talked about the problem. I'm a forward-thinking person. Let's talk about the solution. I believe that the solution lies in two parts. Number one, I think the parties need to have a stricter nominating process to make sure that some of the more radical people on both sides don't get the nomination because they, let's face it, don't accurately represent the will of the people, at least in my opinion. And I think if we can sort of tighten the rules to make sure that the more moderate people have a chance to get through, um, I think that's going to be a good thing. I also think we can prevent people from becoming politically extreme 
by imposing term limits to make sure that they do not become too entrenched in the system because that's not the good thing either. And I think by by forcing new blood in every so often, we stand a better chance of constantly cycling through new, better, and more collaborative and moderate views. I'm a, a big fan of the political center. It's a good place to be. That That's where the work is done, is in the political center. For all my life, I've been in the political center. I'm not the most liberal person on the planet. I'm not the most conservative person on the planet. And because I am in the center, I have a wide network of Republican friends and Democratic friends and socialist friends and religious right friends that I can reach out to and I can collaborate with them together to find the solution. So, so I've always advocated that. And I think it's not a bad thing. It's not a sellout. You can have your views. You can defend them personally. But when you cut because you deserve, it's, it's a better thing to find the compromise. And that's just the fact of the matter that most people want people to be in the center and open to change and open to changing their opinions based on the facts. They don't want a Ted Cruz. They don't want Bernie Sanders. They don't want, you know, these people to constantly be fighting with each other. And that's what you get when you have a bunch of political extremists in Congress and they hate each other. And that's just not good. So yes, the center, it's it's a good and happy place to be. Let's let's narrow the gap. Let's let's collaborate. They're not the enemy. They are our our friends and our fellow public servants. For people in politics, I'm Jay Bauman. Signing off. Thank you very much.